This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today, we bring you the story of the Lakers' 33-game winning streak. It is the longest winning streak in NBA history. In fact, it is the longest winning streak in North American team sports history. The idea of winning 33 games in a row in a top professional league, regardless of the sport, is mind boggling. Not only does a team have to be extremely talented, which the Lakers were, but that team would also have to have a lot of things go their way. They have to stay injury free and they have to have a level of consistent team chemistry over months. And since you are a basketball fan like I am, then you know that often a game comes down to those final coaches and player decisions within the last two minutes of the game. Sometimes the outcome of the game comes down to the way a ball bounces. A shot might look good in the air and then rim out and leave one team the victors and one team the vanquished. So with that in mind, winning 33 games in a row against the other best teams in the world is daunting to say the least. For the Los Angeles Lakers, the year was 1971. The team was led by Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor, and all three were at the tail end of their careers. Chamberlain would only play one more year in the NBA after the season that we're talking about. West would play two more seasons, and Baylor would not even make it to the end of the season that is the center of our story. In the previous 13 seasons, the Lakers had been to the NBA Finals eight times and lost all eight of them. Baylor was part of all eight of those teams. West was part of seven of those teams. Chamberlain had been part of two of those teams. That is a lot of losing for the Lakers. But in the fall of 1971, the Lakers are going into the new season with a brand new coach. On the surface, he was probably one of the last people you would think would get hired by the Lakers, but he was a proven winner. He was an eight-time All-Star as a player and had won the NBA championship four times. He then went into coaching and won a championship in a smaller league called the ABL, the American Basketball League. And then he moved on to the old ABA and he won a championship with the Utah Stars. He was a proven winner as a player and a proven winner as a coach, but he was a Boston Celtic, the sworn enemies of the Los Angeles Lakers. The coach's name was Bill Sharman, and he brought with him all of that championship experience and was tasked with getting the Lakers over the hump to become champions themselves. Of course, that is always easier said than done, but the Lakers were loaded with talent. They already had aging superstars in West, Baylor, and Chamberlain. And they also had some really strong complementary players. They had Jim McMillan, who would score nearly 19 points per game that season. Gail Goodrich, a small guard, was filling it up at nearly 26 points per game. And they also had Happy Hairston, who added 13 points per game. Then they had two future coaches coming off the bench in Pat Riley, who would win five championships as a head coach, and Jim Clemens, who was an assistant coach to Phil Jackson for the Bulls dynasty with Michael Jordan. The Lakers had as much talent as anyone in the league. They just needed someone who could harness it and get everybody on the same page. And that is where the new coach, Bill Sharman, came in. Nine games into the season, the team was 6-3, which was respectable and not something that would concern anyone. But Sharman thought that they could become more efficient, and he recognized that the team's offense functioned more smoothly when Jim McMillan subbed in for Elgin Baylor. 
By the fall of 1971, Baylor was just a shadow of his former self. Now this is no disrespect to Baylor. In my opinion, he is still one of the 20 greatest players in NBA history, but he had suffered a massive knee injury a couple of years earlier that robbed him of the bounce in his step. His explosive first step had simply disappeared. The type of injury that he suffered would be about a six to eight month recovery today but it would be a full recovery. Back in 1970, it was a miracle that he even returned to the Lakers at all. He made a name for himself throughout his career by isolating and going one-on-one -on -one with his defender, and that was fine when he was in his prime, but by 1971, it simply wasn't working anymore. The offense came to a screeching halt when the ball was in his hands as they all waited while Baylor tried to break down his man. On the other hand, McMillan fit right into the team concept with players moving and cutting. They were setting screens away from the ball to free up shooters. It was all five players working in concert to make the offense happen. So on the morning of Friday, November 5th, 1971, Bill Sharman pulled Elgin Baylor aside at practice and asked him to come off the bench for McMillan. Well, Baylor's pride would not allow him to do that. He was either going to start or not play at all. So Sharman excused Baylor from practice to think it over. But Baylor did not need to think it over. If he could not play at his previous level, then he was done. He went to the locker room, changed back into his street clothes, and went home, never to return. He did not even say goodbye to his teammates. He did stop by the forum to watch an occasional game, but he kept his distance from the players. So the night of the 10th game of the season, Jim McMillan started in place of Elgin Baylor, and they defeated the Baltimore Bullets at home by a score of 110 to 106. The win was nothing special in and of itself, just another victory for a Lakers team that was already considered a contender. But the Lakers also also needed to select a new captain because it had been Baylor and he was gone. You would think that next in line would have been West since he had been there longer than any of the other remaining players and by that time he was also the logo of the NBA, but he politely declined and the captaincy fell to Wilt Chamberlain. Then they blew out the Warriors in Oakland the next night. After that it was the Knicks. Bulls, 76ers, Supersonics, Blazers, Celtics, Cavaliers, Rockets, and the Bucks. The 33-game winning streak involved every other team in the league except the Cincinnati Royals, and that was just a quirk of the schedule that season. I mean, the Royals and the Lakers played each other five times that season, just not as part of the winning streak. And not all of the games were blowouts. Some were close, and one game against the Suns even went into overtime, but as the streak got longer, the pressure started to mount. So this is a good place to take a break and I'll be right back with the rest of the story on the streak. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports history fans. I'm Ross from the podcast Pigskin Tales. You're about to jump into another thrilling sports history moment. But first, let's dive into today's sponsor, just in time for the holiday season. Introducing Art of Words, the brainchild of word artist Dan Duffy from Philadelphia. Dan meticulously crafts stunning images by handwriting relevant words from some of the greatest sports moments in time. These unique budget-friendly illustrations are the perfect gift, sparking cherished memories and capturing hearts. Choose from city skylines, sports, history, and musicians to find a piece for everyone. And here's the exciting part. 
For that sports fanatic in your life, gift them a piece of their favorite team or player's history. Art of Words tells a compelling story. Explore collegiate stadiums, each meticulously crafted with every football victory etched into words. Or venture into baseball stadiums, handwritten with every player from the team's illustrious history. My favorite on the site is Bryce Harper 2021 MVP year. Because I'm a big stats guy, I think that's one of the coolest things ever. Check it out. Don't wait. Order a print today for yourself and your loved one this holiday season. Transform your wall into a gallery of captivating art and surprise your family and friends with a print of their own. Use code SHN15 at artofwords.com for a 15% discount on your order in November and December. Visit Art of Words, where words magically transform into stunning art, evoking cherished memories and touching the hearts of those who you care about. Again, use the code SHN15 for 15% off at artofwords.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of you unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876 including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, ROW number one, for access to the full Row One catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row One Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Welcome back to the show and let us continue with the story of the 33-game winning streak of the Los Angeles Lakers back in the season of 1971-72. The previous record for longest winning streak in the NBA was 20 games set by the Milwaukee Bucks just one year earlier when they made their way towards their first championship at the end of the 1971 season. Now just before the break, I mentioned that as part of the streak, the Lakers played one overtime game against the Phoenix Suns. Well, that game happened to be the game where the Lakers tied the previous record with 20 straight victories. The the Suns nearly ended the streak at 19 games, but the Lakers made it through that night with a 126-117 to victory as they dominated the overtime period, and that gave the team 20 victories in a row and a tie with the year-old record. But that put a huge spotlight on them two nights later when they played the Atlanta Hawks in Los Angeles. That game would be for 21 straight victories and a new NBA record. The Hawks were going to bring everything they had. They also had some pride and did not want to have the record broken against them. The Hawks were even up by two points at the end of the third quarter, 77-75. to 75. But the combination of West, Goodrich, and McMillan was just too much in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers won the game 104-95. to 95. And where was Chamberlain, you might ask? That season, Chamberlain decided to play the most Bill Russell-like season of his career. He averaged only 15 points per game, but he averaged 20 rebounds per game because that is what the Lakers needed from him. That was the best way for him to contribute to team success, and he bought in. As the streak continued, it confirmed to Chamberlain that Bill Sharman knew what he was doing. Chamberlain already owned every scoring record in the league. What he needed for his own 
own legacy was another championship, and Bill Sharman, who was teammates with Bill Russell, showed Chamberlain the way to the promised land. Now that they had the new record with 21 straight victories, the only question that remained was, how long could they push this streak? Would they even lose another game all season? Now, that might seem a bit facetious on the surface, but it was a real question that many were asking at the time. The Lakers looked literally unbeatable. Now, by the time that the Lakers got into early January, the streak had been going on for over two full months. It started on November 5th, and now it was January 9th. And the Lakers had won a couple of nights earlier over the Hawks by a blowout score of 134 to 90. But on that January night, they had to travel to Milwaukee to take on the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, and their superstar, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And this was not going to be easy. The Lakers attacked from multiple directions. They had six players that scored between 15 and 20 points. The buckets were coming from everywhere, but it was not enough to overcome a monster night from Kareem, who had 39 points and 20 rebounds. And they also had 17 points from Oscar Robertson, 17 from John Block, and 18 points from Lucius Allen. The Bucks took the game by a score of 120 to 104 and the streak was finally over. In one sense, it was a good thing. It allowed the Lakers a chance to breathe. Now that the streak was over, they could focus on their real goal of winning an NBA championship. They had proven that they were the best team in the NBA that year. A loss here or there was not a big deal as long as they continued to work together for the bigger prize. When the playoffs rolled around, the Lakers were ready. They swept the Chicago Bulls in the first round four games to none, and that led to a rematch with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Lakers defeated them four games to two, and in the NBA Finals, they dominated the New York Knicks four games to one for Jerry West's first and only championship as a player. According to West, he did not experience joy as much as he experienced relief. It was finally over. In his eighth trip to the NBA Finals, he finally came out the winner. All those years of frustration were gone, and he now stood at the top of the NBA mountain. But he said that he could not really enjoy it because Elgin Baylor was not there. They fought together for all those years and experienced all of those losses together. And finally, when it was the Lakers day, Baylor was nowhere to be found. Jerry missed Elgin Baylor that day, and he wanted to celebrate with his old teammate, but could not. The Lakers also finished that season with 69 regular season wins, which was the record at the time. It made them unofficially the greatest team in the 26-year history of the league. It has been over 50 years since the streak happened, and the next longest streak is 27 games set by the 2013 Miami Heat that featured LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. I honestly do not think that 33 straight victories will ever be broken, but then again, you never know. Well, that is it for today. Join us next time when we share the story of some of the lost teams of the NBA. And I'm talking about NBA teams that no longer exist. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There, you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. <laughs>